Welcome to Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering at One News. This week, we're home. We're back. Doesn't mean we've had any sleep or days off, so ignore any hysteria. Uh, we're coming to you, though, from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio with a surprise early podcast. Surprise. Myself, Katie Bradford, fellow political reporter Andrea Vance. No Corin Dan this week. He's having a well-earned rest, and it also means Andrea doesn't have to fight with him over the cheese scones. So, bit of a big week. Uh, was it? <laughs> I think there was an election on Saturday. Oh, oh. I missed that. <laughs> After a humiliating defeat in the 2002 election, the Linglish is back. That result, it's pretty good. And while he couldn't keep the smile off his face last night, the hard work begins now. National has gone from a government with three support partners to now looking at just one option. We have to work with what the voters give us. And the shortest path to stable government is a two-party coalition between National and New Zealand First. Bill English called two of his former support partners today, Māori Party co-leader Te Iroroa Flavel, to commiserate after he lost his Waiariki seat to Labour's Tamati Kofi, forcing the party out of Parliament. And ACT leader David Seymour to thank him for his support but tell him he's unlikely to be part of the next government. I think it would complicate a governing arrangement, there's no doubt about that, and we can get a clear-cut majority working with New Zealand first. Um, I've spoken to David Seymour. Uh, I think he understands how the numbers stack up. One party Bill English has no plans to call, at this stage anyway, the Greens. The Greens have consistently ruled themselves out of discussing with National and we would need to see some indication of interest from them in constructive discussions. We will not be ringing the National Party. Have yet. you had any calls from the National Party? I've not had any phone calls from the National Party. As for bottom lines from Winston Peters, Bill English is refusing to say what will be on or off the table when it comes to coalition negotiations. He says those talks will start in the next few days, giving both sides plenty of time to think about what they want. So while National is celebrating now, there's a long way to go before any deal is done and dusted. Jacinda Ardern's hopes for forming a Labour-led government on pause for now. We have upwards of 15% um, of the vote yet to be counted, so it is understandable that parties will be taking some time for those votes to be counted. She's talking about special votes. That's just over 384,000 overseas postal votes and advance voters who enrolled as they voted. The deadline for counting those is October 7th, and Labour's hoping it could lift their share to over 37%. Look, the special votes will be incredibly interesting. We've got a, a, a high number of them. Uh, as I say, you know, upwards of 15% of the, of the vote, that is high. Uh, I don't want to make too many predictions about what they may produce, but I'm, I'm hopeful we'll see a bit of a lift out of them. That could tighten the race, but will it be enough to lure Winston Peters to the left? There are common themes, you know, common views around issues like um, education, common views around issues like even forestry. Um, but again, uh, it's, it's not a negotiation I'm going to conduct here, needless to say, that uh, certainly the flavour that um, uh, has been left um, by the parties campaigning is that they were against the status quo and voters um, have suggested that they agreed with that. Labour took all seven Māori seats last night, so Winston Peters' proposed referendum on abolishing them is not in play. 
we think that the Māori seats serve an important role in New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern assembled her team of senior MPs at her home for a barbecue this afternoon. She'll be relying on them, plus other MPs with a close association with Winston Peters, when it comes down to those negotiations with New Zealand First. I wouldn't mind being involved, but they've got some good people, but know them very well. But the first call was to Greens leader James Shaw, as per their pre-election agreement. Just a conversation about uh, uh, what the result has produced, um, what's possible going forward. And for Jacinda Ardern, there's no going forward until every vote is counted. Emerging from the Duke of Marlborough on Russell's waterfront, cherishing his new role at the centre of political attention. Good morning. Any questions? The most pressing what he wants out of a coalition deal. If I'm going to the negotiating table to talk about things, why would I tell you? During the campaign, he said things like a referendum on the Māori seats, cuts to immigration and sweeteners for superannuitants are important to him, and he's against a water tax. But is a high-ranking position like Deputy Prime Minister important to him too? I've been there and done that, right? The 72-year-old seems to be enjoying himself. Yeah, actually, I am, actually. <laughs> He's in the strong position after getting 7.5% of the party vote. That's nine MPs. That means Labour MP turned New Zealand first MP Shane Jones is in. And MPs like Tracy Martin could be set for a promotion. Pretty powerful position to be in. It is, isn't it? It's quite scary, actually, because, uh, I mean, this is the first time I've been in that position. Winston Peters has been in this position before. In 1996, it took until December to get a deal, and he was kingmaker in 2005 as well. You won't keep us waiting for long, will Where, you? you? Well, I never did. You won't, right. though, will you? It'll be nice and snappy. And... No, 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 excuse me. Um, the Brits aren't in until the 12th of October. Nothing can possibly change before then. I hope you all understand that, so let's not rush in and make some mistakes here. His family, including six siblings and close friends, gathered to watch the results come in, disappointed to see him losing the seat of Northland. Well, look, I gave my best shot. But this afternoon he was heading out to fish. It's a freedom exercise. You're away from all the strains and stresses, sort of somewhat like now, and no one can get to you. Both Labour and National will be trying very hard to get him in the coming days. To you, what was the biggest surprise of the night? Um, I guess Tamati Coffey, actually, was kind of the surprise star of the election. I don't think anyone really believed that he was going to take that seat because Tiora Flavel had been there for such a long time, seemed to have the advantage. Um, but, yeah... Labour came through on the night and, and obviously ended the Māori Party. Yeah, and about a month out from the election, about a month ago, I thought, oh, you never know, Tamati Coffee, Jacinda Ardern together, they've got that star power, the star effect. Absolutely. Put them in, out in Waiariki a few times mm. and that might help him. And they did, but they did then, that a couple of and times. They but I have to say, I mean, the re reception wasn't... Um, outstanding. She wasn't mobbed like she was in, in, in when we were in Ottawa. She wasn't she wasn't mobbed in the same way she was, say, in Auckland or, or uh, Hamilton or um, Christchurch. So yeah, I I was I was genuinely surprised by that. Yeah, and then I but then there were polls that showed that showed that there was no way that Teruroa Flavel was fine. He was going to win, and I just sort of forgot about it and thought, okay, no, that's it. That's going to be the one seat that the Māori Party don't. That the Māori Party win, that Labour doesn't hold, mm. um, and I think it's really sad. Like watching Tiaroa Flavel on Sunday morning and all day Sunday oh, being so upset it was, was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah, because people, 
you know, you can say whatever you want about politicians, but he is a good guy. He was a very good MP, a mm. good minister. Same as Madame Fox. She she took a, a while when she first came to Parliament, but she by the time she, you know, by the time the end of the last term, she was very, very good. And yeah. it was a massive loss to this place. A real firecracker. I mean, a total pleasure to interview because you just don't know what she's going to say. And she's very honest and very blunt and I'm just a bit very too honest sometimes. Yeah. As far as the party's concerned. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, you know, I think um, Parliament is going to sorely miss the Maori Party that representation. I also, for me, one of the sad um, losses on the night was Mojo Mathers, um, Parliament's only deaf yep. MP. You know, that's and disabilities are not well represented in Parliament, and and she's the, she was the only um, disabled MP, and she. She's gone now too. So, you know, there were some there were some sad moments on the night for sure. Yeah, and I think, I mean, with the Māori Party, I think it's going to be very hard for them to get back into this place. Oh, sure. I know that people say when New Zealand First came back, they had a lot longer history, more money, mm. and let's be honest, money makes a huge difference and a lot more influence with someone like Winston Peters. It is going to be so hard for the Māori Party to come back again. And for Tariana Turia to come back as the saviour of the party, I think is just ridiculous because she's she's of the past, she's yesterday. That doesn't um, say to me, here's a party that understands and has learned the lessons and is willing to talk, to, you know, talk for its people again. I just, yeah, I mean, that, that, bringing someone back from the dead, if you like, is not is not the way to win over win back your vote share. Yeah, now we have obviously Māori with all seven uh, Labour Party with all seven Māori seats. <laughs> they have thirteen Māori MPs, which is the biggest representation ever, which is great for Māori. The problem is, you know, there's a fifty or, or more chance or less chance that fifty fifty chance that Labour are even going to be in government and those MPs are going to be able to do anything for Absolutely. Māori. Absolutely. And then well there's the whole question hanging over the future of the Māori seats. Is that going to be a crucial part of the coalition negotiations that are ongoing. I mean, I, personally, I don't think so. I mean, Labour have already said no to that idea, and I don't think that Bill English has got the appetite for it either. It would be so divisive, the thought of going, of this country having a referendum on the Māori seats and what that would mean mm -hmm. just feels so... Look at what look at the flag debate and and the way people <laughs> reacted and how people talked about it around the kitchen table about families disagreeing and so forth over something like the flag. Mm. Can you imagine over the Māori seats? And I don't know. Do we really want? Do we really want that? So you you were at National on the night and I was at Labour. So how was it? Any scandal? Any gossip? No, I found the weirdly I found the atmosphere very flat. Having been election night with National in 2011 and with Labour at the last campaign. Um, 2011, obviously, obviously, of course, they were in huge celebration mode with John Key. There was no doubt they were going to win then. Uh, to last election, we were both at Labour. Mm. Um, with, that, with that, David that was weirdly a, very, a good party. It was in a weird hall in New Lynn. Mm. Um, but the vibe was actually in a party mode. It was a celebratory... Um Part, you know, it was a, the celebratory mood. There was the Pacific drummers, and then there was that really odd that victory speech that <laughs> David cut. It was like he mixed up his concession and his victory speeches. Yeah, it was a bit confusing. It was very odd. Whereas at Labour, yeah, the atmosphere is definitely tense. There's no celebrations. It was, f yeah, flat, definitely. Um, people were just waiting, gripped to the screens. There were, you know, a few cheers. Obviously, Tamadi on the night, and some of those other Christchurch uh, Central, Duncan Webb taking that got, a, you know, big cheers on the night. Um, and then when the mood obviously lifted when Jacinda was there. But I think, I think her, I thought her speech was fine. I thought it pitched the right tone. But it's left a lot of people confused. A lot of people have said, oh, it was definitely a concession speech. But I, I just think she was tired and she was being realistic. I mean, on the night, National got the biggest share of the vote. So and and no one knew. When you 
looking at it then, no one knows what's going to happen really Gosh, at that no. point. And, and it was clear that no one knew. No one still knows what's going to yeah. happen, let's be honest. Yeah, and National was the same. There were lots of cheers with Hutt South, with Chris Bishop mm. winning that. That um, definitely through the night got the biggest round of applause. Bill English came out so late that I think everyone was so tired mm. by then. I think it was by the time I interviewed him, it was 20 to 12. And so everyone is pretty exhausted by that point. Yeah, and likewise, Jacinda was very was much, much later than we expected. Yeah, and that makes it, you know, everyone's sort of going, and what's going on and and so forth. And English, his speech, he talked a lot, no surprises, um, that he talked a lot about there being wanting to continue a strong and stable government, mm. uh, as he always says. Gosh, we've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to hear that one Over the campaign speeches. Um, <laughs> we are very over the campaign speeches. In fact, we can write the campaign speeches ourselves. Mm. We can we memorise them. Um, uh, the... Um, even the next day, though, I found Bill English, and he would have been tired, and we all, we're all tired, but I felt the next day he had pulled it back a bit in the mm. language he used in the press conference. Uh, the confidence, he was very <coughs> confident and happy mm. on Saturday night. By Sunday, he was just a bit more reserved. Well, the reality is everyone now has to tiptoe around Winston Peters, and we are going to spend... We've just come from the Winston Peters stakeout. We've been there, I can't remember how many hours, but we've been there all morning anyway, um, and, and we're going to be doing that probably for the next two to three weeks. And that's probably a good point to throw back to when other political reporters had to do this with the same man in 1996. Winston Peters took to sea today, escaping post-election coalition speculation, but identifying tough negotiations ahead. Well, it will be a bidding war. That's what the process is about. He says it'll be a bidding war with Labour and National to see which party will give the most. If a coalition is formed, Whoever wins will be the senior partner in government, their leader, the Prime Minister. Last night, Mr Peters named his price, the implementation of his policies. It's not a matter of playing off uh, one side against the other. It's a matter of seeing who has the wisdom to see the necessity of a number of the things we campaigned on. New Zealand First says it'll have a negotiating team, including party officials, MPs, a lawyer and a mediation specialist to be named once its 17 MPs meet for the first time Tuesday and that that process shouldn't be rushed. But making calls today from home, Helen Clark, her family helping with the domestics. What we're now doing is trying to distribute some of the flowers. <laughs> Helen Clark's talked to Jim Anderton and tried to reach Mr Peters. Party officials even last night anxious to talk with New Zealand first. We need to find out what his real uh, agenda is, what his real policy points are, and have discussions, and we'll see. Party representatives are talking this afternoon about their strategy to form a coalition with New Zealand first and the competition they could face from national. We're prepared to negotiate around the respective policies. I don't see it as a bidding war. Labour MPs will meet tomorrow. Mike Moore Shaw to join their negotiating team. Jim Bolger went to church this morning. The prayers were doing good as well. He's already talking to parties and wants to talk more before his cabinet meets tomorrow and his caucus on Tuesday. We've had one or two calls that we have to return and we'll return those calls. So, uh, no, I think you'll just have to wait and guess. But there's no secret here. I mean, obviously, we will speak to all the parties over the next 24, 48 hours. Jim Bolger will lead National's negotiating team of senior colleagues. Those negotiations now are harder because Winston Peters won't work in any coalition involving ACT. ACT and National are natural coalition partners, the party leaders having already swapped phone numbers today. I just said to him that he could count on us for support on supply and on a confidence motion, 
Now that's all that he needs when he goes to talk to the Governor-General. Well, there it is. No, I think it's good. The Alliance has always said it won't be part of a government, but today Germanderton and his minders were working on a document for Labour to negotiate support for a Labour New Zealand First government. If they go into negotiations with New Zealand First, we would like to know what the result of those negotiations is. Because if the result is that Labour is going to trade away some policies that are central to what we believe Labour promised, then they'll have a great deal of getting support from us. Phone calls for now, then will come the agreement on the process of negotiating. Finally, the nuts and bolts of policy compromises. The leaders are predicting that talks will take weeks, but are hopeful a government will be formed by the time Parliament sits on December the 13th. 1996, obviously, uh, I was a bit younger and you went in the country, but I do remember it as a teenager, and uh, it felt like it went on forever in terms of how long we had to wait for, for a government. Um, and what was interesting is Tracy Martin said this morning when I interviewed her uh, that she said, well, I, you know, I said to her, can you confirm that we'll have to wait till after special votes <coughs> until uh, a decision will be made? And she said, yes. And she said, don't, she said, look at Germany. A decision isn't going to be made there on a government till Christmas. Mm. We're not making you wait that long. So, so there's a clear, the clear indication they're not going to make us wait no, as long as they No, I actually think, I actually think, to be fair to Winston, I think he's been really upfront with yep. people. He's said very clearly on a number of occasions he's going to wait for the special votes, which is perfectly sensible because it is likely the Greens are going to gain a seat and potentially Labour are going to gain a seat and National are going to lose some. Maybe even New Zealand First might lose some. Um, so that's fair enough. And then he set a October the 12th deadline. Yep. So I, I think he's just been... He's been um, cautious and he's taking his time it's obviously a huge decision for him to have to make he's learned the lessons of the past i mean he, you know the country wasn't happy when they made them wait and he said i'm going to i'm going to make a decision by october 12th i mean what what more can we and ask about i actually about think it's the right thing to do as frustrating as it's going to be for the public and as frustrating as it is for us and everyone in this building to having to wait for the next few weeks because of the, in, the the impact the special votes are likely to have, mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do to actually wait and see yep. what those show. Maybe there won't be a change. Maybe we're all wrong that there'll be a couple of seats, but the Greens are right on the cast. Yeah, what is it not? And, and I think Nicola Willis is, is resigned to the idea that she is very likely not to be staying in Parliament. Absolutely. And uh, like, let's be honest, Winston does not have an easy choice to make. This Hobson's choice here, because does he go with a fourth-term national government that, you know... It's going to be fraught. It's going to be difficult. Fourth-term governments are, well, you know, it's not an easy. It's not an easy way to govern. Or does he? Um, does he go into coalition with the Greens, who he doesn't really like? Um, does he deal with Labour because? You know, they didn't get the biggest share of the vote. Is he going to get punished for that? Um, I think a Labour official on the night put it really beautifully and said um, what they're hoping is that uh, Winston wants to be part of the sunrise, i.e. Labour, and not the sunset, i.e. national, which is, you know, that's obviously wishful thinking on their part. But he has a huge decision to make. And weighing on his mind is obviously that this is, could very likely be his last last term this yep. is his legacy he's got to think about that he's got to think about the future of his own party and then you know obviously what's best for the country and then the other uh, the other issue there is of course the talk about national and the greens going together and that would pay be... no attention <laughs> to that talk because it's never going to happen the greens know and people will talk about it and there will be pressure on james shaw there is There's no doubt there will be pressure on james on. shaw to look at that idea but can you imagine and james shaw knows it will be the death of the greens well james yeah james shaw knows that and he knows that national are back channeling trying to get the the greens 
to talk to National. It's a pretense. It's trying to get leverage over Winston Peters, put a little bit more pressure on him. The Greens know that National seriously don't want to do a deal with them. The Greens don't that seriously want to do, do with National. It would, as Katie says, it would totally destroy them. So pay no heed to that gossip. Uh, and with that note, it's probably a good point to throw to what it's like on our first day, one of however many days, first day to stake out Winston Peters. What's it like doing stakeouts, Isaac? Um, pretty good. I'm onto my second coffee. Oh, it's great, great to be here staking out Winston Peters. Don't really know where he is though. We should have got a lolly cup that had only blue and red lollies and asked Winston to take one. <laughs> What about green though? Oh no, you'd never take that. You'd be like mint. Oh, anyway, can I tap to you? Yeah, yellow. Good, good act, buddy. I'll have a green one. Cute. Oh, Eskimos. Yellow oh, Eskimos are the worst. Oh, the Winston's press secretary has just been seen in the area, so this is a key development. Really We're just watching the live stream of Winston come in from the airport, such as modern day technology now that we can watch it as it happens, so we'll know what he said, what he's talked about, whether he's answered any questions, so we're just all glued to this at the moment. So it sounds like after four hours of waiting here, he, Winston Peters has arrived at Parliament and gone through the back car park. But the really good news is we don't get to move because we have to wait for the caucus meeting to be over and for him to come down and ignore us a little bit more. So, Katie, what's your best, best advice for a stakeout? Make sure you always have your FPOS card with you so you can go buy coffee. Snacks, snacks, snacks are important. And snacks, as you saw, lolly cups are always very important, unless you have an infected wisdom tooth and can't eat. Um, uh, scones, lollies, knowing where a bathroom is. Don't fall asleep don't and fall miss asleep. something. Finding, having, having couches, as you saw, everyone is very tired. Having couches to sit on, uh, knowing where a bathroom is, knowing where water is. And also one thing that, that you'll do is, is there will always be a time where someone is like, I really have to go do this, whatever it is. Mm. We are all, we've all been in that position, we'll always hold each other's mics. So I guess we, absolutely. I guess we should explain to the public why we do it, because I suppose it does seem a little bit weird that um, 40 to 50 people will stand around waiting for one person to come down in a lift. But essentially, um, we have to because there are developments through, all the way through the story there'll be developments. Um, we should explain that the MPs have other exits. Winston has... Two three. options, three, to, three, three options. options to him. He doesn't have to come past us. So he will come and talk to us when he is ready. So it's not like we're uh, sitting in his front garden looking in his window, you know, hot breath on the window, window <laughs> pane or anything like that. Um, there are, they will When they're ready, they will talk to us and we just have to make sure that we're there and we don't miss it because it's really important that we bring you guys every development. And we can't do a story, a news story, TV story, without pictures or without people talking to us. So we can't just sit and hope that Winston might tell us that at 3pm we can come to his office and have a chat, which he won't do. No, and, and Winston does not call press conferences like Jacinda Ardern or Bill English who will issue an advisory and we all turn up and it's very civilised, we'll set up our little mics and things. Winston uh, does as Winston pleases and he he will appear when he wants to and he won't wait for anyone. So um, we, have, we have to be there, otherwise we'll miss it. And those MPs who do stop and talk to us have no doubt that they know that we're there and that they're wanting to talk to us and that they, they know what they're doing when they do that. Uh, so don't worry about the welfare of the MPs. 
Yeah, that, worry about the welfare of the country, maybe. <laughs> the journalists. The journalists no, no, don't worry about us. We're fine. <laughs> We're fine. Um, no, and they, so what how it works at Parliament is there's a whole lot of places we're not allowed to film at, and so that's part of the problem. Is that as happened today? Winston came in the back car park. We can film in the car park area. We can't film by the doors. We can't film by security areas. We can't block entrances so people can't get in and out. Mm. And so that means we are very limited as to where we can stand. And um, those of you who remember 1996, those famous shots and those famous legendary stories about journalists going back and forward on the Beehive Bowen House Travelator, that won't happen anymore because the rules now are that we can't, we're not allowed to film there. So you won't get those legendary shots. Um, we will have all new shots. So the question is, do we think we wait till October 12th or will we go a couple of days earlier? And I think, I think, I mean, who knows? But I Anyone think who pretends to know is just know. guessing because <laughs> yeah. Winston, Winston has a very, very tight inner circle. He, the information that he wants to get out will get out. Um, but anyone who who proclaims to know what Winston is thinking, that Winston wants revenge or Winston wants this, that and the other, until it comes out of Winston's mouth. Winston Peters and Stephen Joyce coming off the same plane. But is Winston Peters coming on board with National? I gave you my answer. I'm not going to be doing anything with respect to answering questions today. Mr Peters in no mood to talk to journalists, nor this afternoon when he held a press conference in the room normally reserved for the Prime Minister. This meeting is being held here for the reason that our caucus is being uh, partially uh, renovated and for no other reason in case someone has a penchant to rewrite this as well. He attacked the media. Speculative drivel that's been written by some of you. Malicious, malignant and vicious in the extreme. And the Electoral Commission, who won't finish counting more than 300,000 special votes until October 7. We've got to all have a good hard look and ask ourselves, how did we trend from 2011 to 2014 to a circumstance now where in 2017 we have to wait all this time? If you want to look for blame, have a good hard look there. And he gave nothing away. Why would you ask a question like that? That's a totally impertinent question. Because I expect some intelligence here. Where are you from? Australia. Yeah, it shows. Next question, please. I'd just like to hear some answers to some questions. Yeah, well, ask me some sensible ones and ones that I can answer. Earlier, the New Zealand First Caucus met for the first time. I don't have any idea what we're discussing, really. It's up to Winston. We haven't been informed as to any form of discussion at this stage. Today we're just meeting and uh, actually beginning to learn to work with each other because there's some new roosters in our caucus, of whom I am one. Mr Peters says he has no bottom lines. Every party I know that's self-respecting, that's alive and survives has got non-negotiable terms, but that's not part and parcel of this discussion. But Shane Jones says gains for Northland are important to the party. I ran on some pretty big ticket items up in the north, not the least of which was railways, not the least of which was the port. There was one promise. This will be the last press conference I'm going to hold until after the 7th of October. No matter what you ask or say, I can't with any intelligence, nor can my colleagues, tell you what we're going to do. Await then until Winston Peters gets down to business. I think the fact that they're actually taking a couple of weeks to do it is actually right for the country in the sense that don't we want to get this right? 
Don't they? Don't whoever Winston go, goes with? Don't you want to make sure that it's the right policies? It's the right ministers? Yep. It's the right deal that's done? And taking time to do that is actually the way to do it. Definitely. And there's no sense that any of these parties are treating this as a game. You know, everyone's taking it very seriously. It's it's a very slow process. Um, everyone's weighing up their options. Like Labour at the moment are pouring over their manifestos for 48 hours to do the groundwork so that things are done quickly, you know, while Winston is taking time to think. So, I, I mean, I think the public can be reassured that this isn't, it, it isn't a it's horse not a race. Game. It's not going to be a bidding war between the two parties. We are, we understand it's going to be blind negotiations, so it's not going to be one-upmanship. Um, and Winston has been very clear that he is going to take his time. And let's be honest, National and Labour will know what the other ones are willing to compromise on mm. as well and where they're willing to go. Um, I think, I think we have to remember with Winston as well, when he talked about bottom lines before the election. I don't think most of those are bottom lines. Uh, And Labour and National will have their bottom lines as well. Pretty much the bottom line is how much is in the budget. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. and Labour has to stick by, they've said they'll stick by their fiscal responsibility rules, you can guarantee National will do that. Absolutely. And so so there there won't be movement in that. So it's what what policies they're willing to drop Mm. so that they can afford some of of New Zealand firsts. If you think about tertiary education, for instance, that's an easy one Mm. for Labour. Not so easy for National. No. But there are other areas. But for Labour, the border tax is going to be an Issue. Yeah, although already I think Jacinda Ardern's making noises about you know about they both have the same goal, which is clean rivers. It's yeah. just how you get there. And and Winston Peters is very has previously said that he wants to slap. I mean, it was his original policy to slap a water tax on commercial commercial water bottlers. So I mean, there is common ground there. Yep. I think the other one is of course the ministerial roles, who has the power, who loses power as a result of this. And we saw Paula Bennett yesterday when she was asked if she'd be willing to give up the Deputy Prime Minister. Mm. You were there. Massive eye roll. Mm. Yeah, she wasn't. She's not genuinely happy about that. And again, Kelvin Davis obviously doesn't want to give up Deputy deputy Premiership, but but that's the reality. If you want to remain in government, that's the reality. And then in New Zealand First, you have to look at who their ministers are. I've heard some commentary of people saying, someone said, oh, we didn't know who the New Zealand First MPs were going to be who'd come in. Well, if you're going to vote for New Zealand first, look at their list and look at who they're going to be and look at, you know, the possibility of who may be a minister and so forth. And so um, both parties will be looking very seriously at what roles they're willing to give up. Do they give, say, an associate education role to Tracy I think they're going to be associate roles. I think Winston will get the big baubles. Shane Jones will be hanging out for the big baubles. So I'm sure he's as he... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with his crayfish. Um, The... Yeah, so and, and fears and fisheries, you could see going to absolutely, Shane Jones. and and he had fisheries before. I mean, he did the settlement. He did the. It sh- makes sense. Yep. Yep. It does make sense. Maori affairs, Maori affairs minister, especially if it was national. Now that Tiriroa Flavel's mm. gone, would you make Shane Jones minister of Maori affairs? Absolutely, but um, in terms of the other MPs, I mean, I, I don't. I can't seriously think that Ron Mark or Tracy Martin are going to get defence or education. I mean, they're not roles. up to it for a start. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big ask. Although Labour, if they, if 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 Labour somehow managed to cobble together a coalition, they then also have to get a couple of Greens roles in there. Plus, most of their MPs will never have been ministers mm, before. So you're talking true. about a whole lot of inexperienced mm. ministers. These are co- topics we'll probably discuss again next week and the week after. And the week after. <laughs> Great to have you with us again. This has been a surprise early edition of Inside Parliament our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. It's generally available every Friday morning each week on the One News Facebook page, iTunes and SoundCloud. See you next time.